Hi. Do you want to do like the little like? Hi, season. <laughs> do one episode two. Hi. Hi. Hello. This is Bob's cast. This is Kim and Emily. We are your weekly Bob's Burgers rewatch podcast. And this week we are diving into season one, episode two, Crawl Space. How was that? <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> okay, so let's let's get right in. Yeah, so for the are. for the fast facts. The recap of this episode on Hulu is when Bob learns that Linda's parents are coming for a visit, he takes drastic measures to avoid having contact with them. So that is a fun description, I think, and there he at. <laughs> yes, I would say definitely drastic measures for sure. Certainly. The shop next door is Trot's All Natural Fertilizer, <laughs> which I think is hilarious, but like I'm also imagining like being in a store next to a fertilizer store. I feel like it would smell really bad. Well, are they saying trots because like, like a horse trots or like- That's what I was picturing, like horses or cows or something. Trots all. Sorry. Well, all natural. Trots all natural. Oh, I see. Yeah. So I I assume trots was for like, like a horse or like Like a a horse or or a pig or something. I don't know. Yeah. Any, any animal that trots. Okay. Anyway, that makes sense. <laughs> yes. But yes, no, being next, especially a food place next to a fertilizer place is not. Yeah, not great. I would lose my appetite if I was walking yeah. by. I was like, hmm, I want a burger. And then I went to a fertilizer store. The pest van um, is, again, rats all folks exterminators. Uh, classic for the first season. And then for the burgers of the day, we have a couple. So we have Bob's suggestion of never been feta. Comes with feta cheese. We have what Louise writes down instead of that, the foot feta-ish burger, which is hilarious. That's a good one. And then we have the one that uh, Linda's mom, Gloria, makes, the tsunami, which kind of just looked like a tuna fish sandwich. Yeah. But like on a burger bun. Yeah. When we get to that part, I have I have some questions, but I do like <laughs> the name. That is a good I am name. excited about these the questions. <laughs> And then for some important character introductions, we finally get to see Teddy, everybody's favorite uh, uncle, father, godfather, whatever he is, for all the kids. Mr. Frond, the world's best guidance counselor. (laughs) Not actually the best. And then Linda's parents, Gloria and Al, who, you know, are not main characters. Like, we only see them in a few episodes, but they certainly make an impact. (laughs) And then some... You know, just kind of random facts that we found and themes. So this this episode is multiple references for The Shining. That's kind of like the motif that they were working in, I think. So Bob's hallucinations, the time card things between scenes, the bathroom and speakeasy scene. Of course, when Gloria shoves Bob through the wall and says, here's Bobby. All yeah. very amazing references for The Shining. And then this episode, it's only the second one, but it's one of the only ones in season one without Mort. Fun fact, they had to... Hold on a second. Ooh. My cat is going to the bathroom. Oh, no! 
One moment, please. <laughs> okay, I shall hold. Anyway, here we are. All right, are. okay. <clears throat> Ready to go. Anyways, uh, so this episode is one of the only episodes in season one without Mort, which does make sense because we are trying to introduce a lot of additional characters, but, mm-hmm. you know, we do miss our favorite uh, mortician. And then just something that I noticed, um, Al doesn't really talk in this episode, so it sounded like H. John Benjamin did his lines. I couldn't fully get confirmation on that, because when you just search H. John Benjamin, he's credited with so many characters. But uh, in later episodes, once he actually has more of a speaking role, um, the person who does his voice is Sam Sater, who also is the voice of Hugo. So, Which is like, they sound totally different. Mm-hmm. You know, like I never would have thought that no and I googled it because I was like oh Sam Sater because I remember I looked last week to see just randomly who did Hugo and I was like I think he did Hugo and then I looked and I was like oh anyway yeah no definitely actor (laughs) (laughs) yeah Sam Sater does a couple of different voices there's another episode where he's coming up where he does a character I can't remember which episode it is though but he he does a couple of different random voices in Bob's which is very fun (laughs) I love it when they repeat voice actors but, like, also all the characters sound different. Like, I remember the first time I found out that H. John Benjamin does Bob, but also Jimmy Jr. I was like, mm-hmm. they sound completely different. Yeah. Okay, and then for some of the goofs that we found, the during all of the hallucination scenes, Bob's facial hair is kind of inconsistent. There will be scenes where he has it, and then the next scene he doesn't, and then he has it back again. So just, like, a small little animation goof. And then I did not put all of the information in, but if anyone is interested on the wiki, and I'm sure that there's like other videos and other websites that describe it, but there, someone did like a whole breakdown of how the crawl space doesn't fit with the architecture of the house. So they had to, like, as far as like the actual layout of the house that we know, the crawl space wouldn't have fit in the way that we see it. So I don't want to even try and pretend to describe all the issues with it, but that is something that I found. There's like someone who did a whole ass breakdown of, of how it would not fit. So I always just assumed it was like, cause it's, they live next door to the restaurant. Right. So I was just assumed that it was just like a, like a gap in the walls between the restaurant and the apartment. I mean, but it might, it's, I think it's more just that, like, there's, like, a spot behind, like, I think that they mention, like, where he is behind Tina's wall couldn't actually exist with the layout of the house because of where, like, Tina's bedroom is actually located. Oh, okay. St- stuff like that. So, yeah. like a serious, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, someone, breakdown. someone who must work in construction or do drafting as a hobby like must have yeah. been like I'm gonna you know what I'm gonna do today <laughs> yeah I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna this, tear this, this whole seems incorrect I'm gonna down. yeah dive right in I'm gonna point out the mistakes so those are the only ones that I saw I'm sure that there might be more I'm not, I'm not really sure but yeah that's all that's all that I found and then for the stories so the a story the main story uh, Bob is trying to avoid his in-laws by hiding in the crawl space and then pretending that he's stuck and then he actually gets stuck. Um, and then the B story is that Louise convinces Mr. Frond, the school guidance counselor, that Bob died <laughs> and his body is stuck in the wall. 
So thank you, Louise, for that. <laughs> yeah, which again, I know we talked about it last week, but that definitely seems like a a total Louise move. And we're, you know, getting to know her character even better because of course she would do that. <laughs> so, all right. So we're going to jump into our recap. So the opening scene is the Belchers in the kitchen and Gene is sampling the sound of his cereal eating crunching on his little keyboard synthesizer thing synthesizer thing (laughs) it's hard word to say and Linda's running around frantically cleaning because her parents are coming to visit Bob always knows that because she goes on a crazy cleaning spree and acts quote the way animals freak out before an earthquake (laughs) which I love that's a pretty accurate description I feel like of how she's behaving you know I think or you would think that he would know because she would have told him that they were coming, but right, like you, one <laughs> would one would assume perhaps that just general communication may have happened where uh, Linda told Bob that her parents were coming, but yeah, as it we seems like that that didn't happen though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as we have kind of noticed, Bob is a little bit forgetful. He doesn't pay, yeah, he's a little bit spacey when it comes to, like, dates and events and things. So it's very possible that Linda was like, hey, on such and such day, my parents are coming. And he's like, great, cool. And then immediately the date left his brain. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, she's running around cleaning and she tells him that he needs to fix the leak in their ceiling before her parents come. He tries to tell her that it's contained, um, which then we see there's just a bunch of pots and pans on the floor catching all the dripping water. So, I mean, it is contained, sort of, but not in an ideal way. And then when Tina walks in the room, she trips over the pots and pans on the floor. (laughs) So then Linda is telling Bob and the kids they have to decide where Linda's parents are going to end up sleeping. And then Linda says she's going to go to the bathroom and check for stray hairs, which (laughs) I think, I mean, I feel like the Belchers are very relatable and we kind of get that from episode one but I feel like comments like that like is it's just like a relatable thing that like anybody can like kind of you know Mm -hmm. associate with so I thought that was kind of funny then they decide that Jean's room would be the best because it smells like farts so maybe Linda's parents won't want to stay that long and then Tina decides to regale everyone with the story of her night terrors and how she has zombie-related, sexy nightmares. I think she says, like, I forget, like, my fear of zombies and my budding sexuality are, like, mixing. <laughs> yeah, my favorite my favorite part from all of this is when uh, she when she's describing her dream, she's like, yeah, my, my love of zombies and my budding sexuality um, combined, and so there'll be zombies, and I start screaming, do you want to make out? And then I make out with them. Yeah. <laughs> and Bob and Jean and Louise are a little confused, a little terrified. So they decide that Tina should be quarantined and not sleeping with anyone else. <laughs> so then Bob grabs a ladder to go and fix the leak in the attic. As he's on the ladder, the kids are kind of walking by and bumping it. And he's like, I don't think I should need to tell you to not bump a ladder when someone's on it but they're still doing it and then linda reminds gene that he has his history report that's due and he says he's got he's got the title 
history, a blast from the past, <laughs> which is amazing. <laughs> and then in the episode when he says that, like, there's, like, the little, like, triumphant, um, yeah, the, it's, like, the trumpets fanfare. in the background. Yeah, yes. fanfare. <laughs> it's, like, totally on the nose. I mean, that is exactly what history is. <laughs> so then Louise and Bob have a little conversation about Grandma Gloria and Grandpa Al, and he says he doesn't hate them. He just hates Grandma and the sound she makes and her voice and the things that she says. <laughs> so, but he doesn't hate her. He just hates all of those things. <laughs> and then they have a montage of just unfortunate incidences of visits in the past that they've had with Grandma and Grandpa, <laughs> including a photo that just is not ideal. I feel like, yeah, as the, as the series goes on, we learn that they are not really good at taking photos. They can't ever really get it together. Yeah, no, um, they're they're really bad at family photos. And <laughs> this is just continued. And from season one, we knew that they were bad yes, at family from season photos. One. <laughs> and I feel like this little part between Bob and Louise, like we do get to kind of see that they're, they have a closer relationship maybe than with the other siblings. Like Louise has a closer relationship with him. She's like mimicking Gloria and everything and... He's like laughing, but trying not to laugh. And anyway, it's kind of, we get to see their, their relationship a little bit. So then Bob fixes quote unquote, the leak by just sticking another bucket under the ceiling <laughs> in the attic. So technically it's contained. I don't know about fixed. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not gonna, it's not gonna drip into the kitchen anymore. It's, it's gonna drip into the attic bucket. And I feel like after that, they don't mention it again. So it must've yeah done no. something <laughs> clearly clearly the bucket is is holding strong and we never have to worry about that ever again <laughs> never have to check on it nothing <laughs> but then bob kind of discovers that there is a whole crawl space little world back there and he starts to kind of explore it and is kind of getting the idea that he could hide back here and have a little bit of alone time the kids start hearing him in the wall and he you know is behind tina's room and she hears him and she thinks that it's either her dad or the horse poster and he neighs and like plays along with her that it is in fact her horse poster. And then uh, Jean asks if he sees a lion, a witch, or a wardrobe. <laughs> and um, he's like, oh yeah, that's that kid's book, right? And then Jean says, yeah, by Salman Rushdie. <laughs> yeah, by Salman Rushdie. Which is obviously not true. And then <laughs> Bob's like... I don't think so. Look it up. And Jean's like, I just did it. Salmon Rusty. <laughs> like, clearly did not. <laughs> anyway, then enter Linda's parents. Gloria, who I feel like just scream, says everything, is enters with a very fun hello. <laughs> and her throat clearing sound, which I won't attempt to do. You should you should definitely attempt to do. <laughs> She's like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> That was so good. Oh my god, that was really good. <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny, like, her parents remind me of my parents a little bit. Not not so much the whininess, but definitely I get that vibe. So maybe that's why I, I can do a, a decent Gloria. Anyway, yeah, that was so amazing. That was amazing. They show up. Thank you. Thank you. Linda tells Bob to get out of the wall or he's going to get himself stuck. And then that's when he realizes that he can capitalize on this and say that he is, in fact, stuck, but he shouldn't have farted. <laughs> then we are... Because after that, so um, it kind of just, like, does, like, a quick little jump cut. Oh, right. That's right. Yes. 
Gloria just being hilarious where she's like, who's stuck in the wall? Bob can't fit in the wall. He's overweight. <laughs> That's like one of my favorite lines. And he's like, I can hear you. <laughs> so then Al tries to order a hamburger through the wall. <laughs> Bless him. And Gloria says he can't have one, but he can have a turkey burger, which Bob seems very anti-turkey burger. They're not real burgers or there's no such thing as turkey burgers. And uh, Gloria tells Al to go read his Maxim, <laughs> which he found in the recycling bin at the condo. And it must be super old because the cover is the girls of Coyote Ugly. <laughs> so considering that this was like 2011, that came out in like, what, 99? Yeah, I think so. Because so I was looking this up, the actual magazine Maxim, I didn't look for the picture, but like this is just like a fun fact. Maxim did have a a fold out for the women of Coyote Ugly for their issue, one of their issues in 2000. So oh, did they really? yes. Yeah. So this is at least 10, 11 years old, this magazine <laughs> that he found in the recycling. But he like, can't, he, he not only can't let go of it, but Gloria's just accepted it, that this is his maxim and he's just going to keep reading it. And it is what it is. So Bob says he can still, help in the restaurant if you know he can go downstairs and meet everybody down there and he says that the kids can be his eyes and his hands down there and when everybody gets down there he tells louise to write the special on the board which he says has never been feta but then of course louise being louise she writes foot feta ish burger and this part always like i was impressed that she could like write something but say something different at the same time yes like when she's like never been feta and that's like totally not what she wrote i don't know i i feel like i couldn't do that so i was impressed that i can't do that and i (laughs) i know that i can't so not even with typing because like sometimes at work um i'll be like typing an email or typing a document or whatever and someone will come up and ask me a question and i either have to ignore them and not answer their question till I finish my sentence or just completely stop typing because otherwise I will start typing what I'm saying. Exactly. Or like telling them what you're typing. Yeah. Just reading (laughs) out loud what I'm, what I'm typing. So anyway, that's definitely a talent I feel like. And then Bob passes Gene a can of his pee through the vent and that's going to be their system. (laughs) And I love how like nobody really flinches. Like he's like, ew. And then he passes it to Linda and she's like, oh, but none of them like other than that, they're like fine with it. It seems like they're like yeah, okay, they're like well, oh, okay. It well. is what it is. <laughs> but we never we never see them give Bob the can back. So that's true. Think about that. <laughs> yeah, that is true. So maybe it's it's really not their system. He he. Uh, that was a one and done. <laughs> so then Linda tells Bob that she's called Teddy the contractor to come get Bob out of the wall. They introduce him, or Bob refers to him as Talky Teddy, which makes sense. I love Teddy. I think he's like truly my favorite character in the whole series. Um, And I feel like in this episode, he's not fully himself, but none of them really are. I mean, it's only episode two, Um, but I like that he is kind of, he's in this one. And I definitely think like some of the things that he says are very on brand for Teddy, like talking about his therapist and, um, you know, if no one, if he doesn't value himself, no one will. And like all those sort of cute little like Teddy isms that we get to, you know, know and love him for. No, and I, um, I love that line, by the way. I'm like, yeah, go Bob's Burgers, normalize mental health. I know that's right. not actually what they were doing, I think, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's sweet. I feel like he's such a sweet character and like, you know, I'm glad that he's he's making his first appearance. 
So he gets to the restaurant. He goes into the attic to try and help Bob get out. And he starts chatting about why the crawl space was even kind of there in the first place. He's like, yeah, I've heard of businesses that had these false walls because, you know, we used to be a bootlegging port and there were a lot of houses that had this. And we would smuggle things or there would be like bars and things. And he says that his great uncle used to run a speakeasy called Swanky's. And while he's talking, you see that Bob braided himself a little crown and a doll. <laughs> Out of what? I don't know. Like wires? I don't, it looked or like kind rope, of, but like where like, would he get rope from? I don't, it, I don't think it was rope. It looked kind of, hold on, let me, now I want to see if I can find the scene because I have the Hulu episode up. Okay, there Yeah, I is. love how he's just like doing little arts and crafts. <laughs> yeah, you wall. know what? It does look like rope. I don't know right, where he like, would have gotten, gotten rope from. Unless it's like pieces of copper pipe, but I feel like his, he would have to have like pretty amazing hand strength. Yeah. To bend this copper like a copper pipe into a, a doll and a crown but it definitely like it has like lines so it's rope or something similar it's not just like pieces of paper well i know later when he's doing like his video diary and he's showing where he's gonna sleep like he has the newspapers and like he gets the all those other things so maybe somebody gave him some rope like maybe, one of the family members maybe, like, or like they rope yeah like maybe <laughs> the rope will help you get out i don't know yeah i don't know <laughs> either way it's adorable yeah it's super cute <laughs> He's he's having fun. So as he and Teddy are, are talking, we see that he uh, has made himself a little a little crown and a doll to kind of play with. <laughs> so yes, and then and then Teddy's like, oh yeah, you know my my uncle used to run a speakeasy called Swanky. You ever heard of a Swanky Panky? And he starts kind of going on this like tangent about you know all of that stuff. Um, so we do get to kind of see like that talky Teddy um, aspect of Teddy's personality. Um, yes. In this little exchange. Yes. Which, speaking of, I, when I was watching the episode, decided to Google Prohibition, because that's who I am as a person. Um, and so I, this show, like, we never f- officially get, like, a confirmation on where the location is, but it's generally agreed that, that Bob's Burgers is somewhere around New Jersey. I feel like that's, like, the theory that most people are on board with because of the accents and being so close to the water and and then of course the episode where they visit Linda's parents in the condo and you see the map and that seems like where they leave from. Yeah. Um, But so I also was like, oh, well, let me look at, you know, information about prohibition during like for New Jersey. And it kind of also falls in line with that too, because um, we see a little bit later when Gene is in his classroom giving his history report, there's a poster in there that says prohibition 1920 to 1933. Um, and that actually is the years that Prohibition was in effect in New Jersey. Huh. So that's like a fun, if it's not, you know, it, it's just another coincidence, I think. Just another little like piece of evidence that shows that maybe they are 100% in New Jersey. Um, right. And then it's also. Like a nod to it. Yeah, yeah. Just... Hold on. Now my cat, hold on. Sorry. Now my cat, hold on. Just give me one second. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You're okay. My cat interrupted right. last week. Anyway, so Prohibition. Yes, okay. Where were we? Okay, so also South Jersey did have like quite a few ports that smugglers used. And Rum Row, which was like kind of a, a thing during Prohibition where there were ships that were docked like just far enough off the coast that they were technically in international waters and were not subject to the rules of Prohibition. That like they had a few different locations and people could like go out there and, and drink because um, they were, you know on the water but so one of the 
largest right. rum row locations was off of the New Jersey coast. And the most famous rum runner, uh, Captain William McCoy, was captured off the coast of New Jersey and spent some time in a couple of New Jersey jails, which I was like, oh, cool. And then also, this was just all completely unrelated because I continued to go into a deep dive. If you've ever heard anyone say the real McCoy um, to describe something that was genuine, his name is where that came from because he said he was an honest lawbreaker mm-hmm. whose merchandise was genuine. And then, you know, kind of in the height of Prohibition, there were more speakeasies to the square mile in Newark than anywhere else in the U.S., so that just kind of all is fun background context that no one probably cares about, but I do. So Teddy, when he's talking to Bob, starts to give the drink recipe of the swanky panky, the, mm-hmm. you know, the the drink that his uncle had at his speakeasy. And so I looked up, I tried to look up the recipe for that because I was like, I don't think it's a real drink. I think it's just for the show, but I'm sure a fan has um, created a recipe and they had but when I was searching for Swanky Panky, um, it auto-corrected to <laughs> Sanky Panky, which is apparently okay. a male sex worker found in the Caribbean. So my search history oh. continues to be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Add that to the list. We'll, we'll have to like come up with a list of like reasons the government is going to look into you. And that's definitely... <laughs> be like, first it's cannibalism, <laughs> now it's male uh, sex, sex workers. workers. Okay. <laughs> She's planning something. Just add it uh, to the list. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I did, in my quest, find what I was looking for. So the, the fan recipe that I found for the Swanky Panky is two ounces of vermouth, one ounce of gin, one ounce of rye, two dashes of Fernet Branca. I don't know what that is because it sounds fancy. Uh, yeah. And then you garnish with an orange twist. Interesting. Yeah. I Interesting, bet. like, gin and rye and vermouth together sounds... Like quite a quite a lot of flavors going on. Yes. But yeah. It sounds like it sounds like it tastes like regret. Just getting it done, you know. <laughs> Prohibition era times. Just some bathtub gin. We'll have to try it. We'll have to like make them next okay, time. Okay. <laughs> you you go ahead and you do that. <laughs> You're like, eh. I'll stick with the burgers. Anyway. Yeah. Let me let me know how it is. <laughs> yes, I will. If if I'm brave enough to give it a try, I will. So then after this whole conversation, Bob tells Teddy to not get him out of the wall today and to lie to Linda that he needs like a permit or something so that he can stay in the wall. And Teddy's like, you want to stay in the wall? And he's like, don't judge. I'm trying to not spend time with my in-laws. So that is his, his reasoning. So Teddy says, okay, fine, but he still has to charge Bob for the day. Um but only as a consultation because he says that, you know, if I don't value my time, then who will? (laughs) And then we see Bob preparing to spend the night in the wall. He gets a camera from Jean and Coochie Kopi from Louise. Um, First he calls it Coochie Koopy and she corrects him very exasperatedly. I didn't realize that like we were introduced. I mean, I guess I should have thought about it because the whole scene with Coochie Kopi in the bar, but that we were introduced to Coochie Kopi so early on like they really are doing a good job of like showing us so many parts of the world and like their you know universe early on you know yeah I think um 
we, we don't we don't know how like important Kuchikopi is to Louise yet, but yeah, we we do. I, maybe I should have included that in the important character introductions. Kuchikopi. Yeah, aw, <laughs> Kuchikopi. So as Bob is recording his video diary, you can hear Gloria and Al uh, getting it on through the wall, <laughs> and everybody kind of like freezes and is like listening, but I think upset that they're having to listen and the sound subconsciously creeps into Tina's dreams and the voices take on the personalities of her zombies that she dreams about and then the zombies start making out this is like one there are certain scenes in Bob's Burgers that like I just can't watch and like this is one of them like I just was kind of like okay like I'll listen but I can't I can't it's the, watch the animators <laughs> they really like they really went there because, like, the zombies, when they're making out, like, they have, like, holes in their heads. And I so, know. like, you see oh. one of them, like, their tongue, like, goes fully into, like, the other zombie's, like, head. It's just, it's... It's, like, into, like, his ear. Like, yeah. His no, it's... They really, they really didn't have to do that to us, and no. they did. And they, <laughs> they did. They and... woke up, and they chose violence, and <laughs> yeah. we have to... For better or for worse. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what happens, and it's it's disturbing for everyone involved. The next morning in school, Gene has used the sampled sounds as his history report <laughs> because, and the connection was um, that both of his grandparents were alive during Prohibition, and then he says, "This is what it sounds like when they have sex in the room next to mine." <laughs> then he's immediately sent to detention. Makes sense. Yeah, it's, fair, fair. And we uh, we don't actually get the teacher's name, but um, I feel like we, as the show goes on, see a lot of, like, Tina's teachers and, um, you know, Miss LeBond's for Louise, but we don't yes. see very much of Miss Twitchell. So this is uh, the first Miss Twitchell sighting for Jean's teacher. And I think it also sounded like H. Bo- John Benjamin to me, too. Oh, it, it honestly might have been, since it was just one line. But we, we, we just really don't see very much of Miss Twitchell, I feel like. No. And we only know her name because Jean, like, references it. Um, yes. In conversation later. So then we are back in the restaurant where Louise is holding a seance to talk to the quote spirit of her dad, um, who is responding and kind of playing along because he's not dead. He's just in the wall <laughs> still. And then these girls we never see again, like that Louise is with, as far as I could tell. Like it's not like Millie or like her friends that she gets later on they're just no. kind of like random girls if we if we see them again it's like as as background characters i don't i don't know that we actually like get lines or anything from them in the future no and it could be maybe she just knew that they were gullible and would want to come back and they weren't actually friends of hers but so they start asking bob questions like are you the ghost from the movie ghost are you the ghost from the movie ghost dad <laughs> And then he's playing along, Bob, but then he kind of gets annoyed at their stupid questions. And then he eventually says that it makes them makes him want to, quote, eat their souls. And then Louise tells everybody to run out of the restaurant. Um, and then she does a dramatic, at least you're holding me now, performance. And then this causes Linda to kind of get frustrated at Bob because she's now forced to do everything. She's, you know, cooking, she's cleaning up, she's taking care of the kids. So he asks her to put her head next to the vent so he can, like, pet her hair. <laughs> and then she makes a throat-clearing sound just like her mom. And Bob 
kind of freaks out and says, you know, you're turning into your mom. And he says that she nags just like her mom does. And he calls her Nagatha Christie, which is fantastic. (laughs) And then Gloria kind of inserts herself during this whole conversation and says that, you know, Linda is in over her head. She's going to stay another night to help out since Bob is stuck in the wall. And then Bob panics, you know, because he doesn't want them to stay any longer than they have to. So he says he can try and get out, but then this is when he discovers he actually can't get out and he's actually stuck in the wall. (laughs) So then this is when things kind of start to take a turn and this is kind of when we start to see a lot of like the Shining references as he's kind of going a little bit crazier. You know, he's still recording himself. He says he really needs to poop. (laughs) He is documenting all of his failed attempts to kind of crawl out of the crawl space. Because it does look like it's, like, pretty high up. Like, you would have to have pretty strong upper body strength to get out, I think. Yeah, because it doesn't look like there's, like, a lot of really good, like, hand and footholds. So it really, it would be difficult, I think, to... You're just, like... To get out without help. Like, dead weight. Yeah. (laughs) So he's... But he's trying, and then he gets a splinter. And I feel like this is when we also see that he's very squeamish, because when he pulls out the splinter, he faints. Then he thinks that there's spiders all over him. He starts crying... At one point, um, and he's talking to his good old friend, Kuchikopi, who is still in there with him. So then we get our first introduction to Mr. Frond when the next scene shows Louise back at school. And we see all of the wonderful posters on his wall. <laughs> so a few of them are bright ideas with a light bulb, hop on the self-esteem boat, and don't forget your respectacles. I feel like Mr. Frond is such a like a stereotypical like with his dolls and like his you know posters and all of his props and things like I feel like it's so easy to kind of make fun of him as a professional because he does have all of those ridiculous things he really Um, does well and we also find out like you know much later when he makes like that offhand I don't even remember what episode it is but he makes an offhand comment about his credentials not being valid in their state so like (laughs) he very clearly is doing a lot of um I don't know that I don't know that all child psychologists like I, th- I think he like saw maybe like videos or lectures from child psychologists and was like I'm gonna take every single thing that they do and mm-hmm. make that my personality now. Yeah, and I think <laughs> he, he tries. I don't know. I mean, he you know he's definitely a bummer as a character, but I feel like he you know he is trying and like you know Louise doesn't make it any easier. No, um, yeah, he does and- care about the kids. I mean, there's a couple scenes where he's not like the best like in lobster fest he's not exactly great (laughs) when the hurricane comes in he asks if any of the kids think that something that they did caused it and like he kind of calls out a kid who has to (laughs) confess (laughs) so on the couch yeah Yeah. (laughs) so he i mean he definitely has moments that are not great but i do think he in general does care for the kids like i think he tries to take his job as seriously as he can with dealing with the kids at this school you know, Louise is not the only one that's a little bit particularly difficult. <laughs> yes. So, yes, he asked her why her father, pa- or when her father passed away and why she wanted to have a seance in the restaurant. And then she kind of, like, messes with him and, you know, says that they can try and summon him in Mr. Franz's office. They just have to hold hands and hum. So he's like, okay, and he does it with her. You know, so we get to see kind of their relationship and how she likes to just, like, fuck with him all the time. <laughs> so then we are back with Bob and this is when his hallucinations begin so he goes into a door that magically appears that leads to a speakeasy 
with Coochie Kopi as the bartender. Bob orders some bootleg hooch, your best hooch, he says. <laughs> and then Coochie asks him if he needs to go number two. I actually, so I don't know if you've ever, have you ever seen The Shining? I haven't. I've read the book because okay. I I can read scary books, but I was, I can't handle like anything remotely scary for movies. And so I never watched it because I was afraid that it would like give me nightmares. <laughs> yeah. See, that's what happened to me. I accidentally watched it when I was like nine and had, I didn't, I don't think I slept for like six months, but there are certain scenes that I remember, like when I saw this episode, I was like, oh yeah, that's like when Jack Nicholson is in the bar. So like this whole set of hallucination scenes, I actually, even though I didn't want to, I went back today and I watched, rewatched the scenes on YouTube to kind of see like how much of a parallel there was. Cause I knew about like, you know, the here's Bobby and like the, when they're, you know, saying like two days later or the next morning or whatever, like that's in The Shining. But in the scene in The Shining, the only similarity with this bar scene is that bartender that Jack Nicholson is hallucinating calls him Mr. Torrance. And then I guess that's why Kuchikopi is calling him Mr. Bob because like that's kind of the parallel. So, but so for this like little exchange, that's the only thing that's really, and, and like the bar looks like the bar in The Shining. But other than that, um, there isn't really a lot of similarities in this first part. So then we cut to the restaurant where Gloria is mixing up some tuna in a bowl. And she says she's making a new burger called the Tsunami. And Linda's like, great, that'll be the burger of the day. But like we said before, it just looks like tuna on hamburger buns. Like Yeah, no and there's condiments. one person in the restaurant who eats it. And I don't even know if there's like anything on there. Like it doesn't even look like there's lettuce or anything. It's just No, like nothing, just tuna fish. Which like tuna on a bun. I'm fine with a tuna sandwich. Like I love a tuna melt. But just not on a hamburger bun, like on yeah, bread. Yeah, it's, I mean, not, okay, right? like, like to be fair, food. like I have definitely eaten a tuna fish sandwich on a hamburger bun when it's like, I don't have any actual bread, you know, you make do. Yeah. But like, that's not like the general mode of transport for tuna fish sandwiches into my mouth is right? um, with hamburger buns. And like to make it, to make it the burger of the day and... I don't know. I, it was a questionable, but maybe that was their, like, that was what they were trying to show that, like, you know, clearly Gloria can't, you know. Yeah, she 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 would be bad at owning a burger restaurant if she yeah. thinks that a tuna fish sandwich is a burger. <laughs> yeah. But yes, people do eat it, so I guess it, it must be decent. So then we flash back to another hallucination, which is this scene more aligns with The Shining. Like, this red bathroom, like, there's a red bathroom that he goes into at one point, and in the Bob's Burgers episode, he's in the bathroom with Coochie Kopi. Coochie Kopi says that Bob's mother-in-law is willful and needs to be quote-unquote corrected. And he tells Bob that Linda and Gloria are interfering with his business by bringing an outside protein into the restaurant. So this, like I said, this one really does parallel the scene in The Shining. Because like in The Shining, Jack Nicholson is again hallucinating that the old groundskeeper is like in there with him, kind of like spiffing him up. And the groundskeeper says to um, Jack that his son is trying to bring in, in an outside party into the situation. So I guess that mirrors like the outside protein, outside party. And that Jack Nicholson's character's son is a willful boy. So they do exact, like kind of like the exact, you know, verbiage and things like that. And then the caretaker mentions that he quote unquote corrected his daughter and his wife. And they don't say in The Shining 
they don't kill them, but you kind of get that impression that that's what he means by saying he corrected them. So this one does like really kind of totally match up with The Shining. So having watched it, like it's kind of fun. Like if you know horror movies and you know the genre, you probably were like, oh my gosh, like this is totally spot on, you know, watching this scene, which is kind of cool that they're, you know, kind of showing other influences and things like that. Yeah, Um, I do love it. I feel like the animators, whenever they are referencing something, like they really do take a lot of time and a lot of care to like replicate the visuals as much as they can. So I've never seen these scenes in The Shining because I am a big uh, weenie butt banana rat and uh, <laughs> don't like it. But the from what you're saying, like it sounds like they pretty much nailed it with, yeah. with the visuals. Yeah. And if you do want, like neither of these scenes are scary. So like if you ever did want to <laughs> see for yourself, it's they're not really scary at all. They're just two people having conversations okay well Um, that's i mean anyway (laughs) two people having a conversation could be scary depending on the you know topic but (laughs) that is true and jack nicholson is a terrifying i mean he's good at being terrifying i should say yes so the shining and bob's burgers they definitely they nailed the comparison it was kind of cool to see the parallels you know with everything So now we are back at school where Tina is exhausted because of her sleepless nights, because her grandparents kept her up all night. She decides to make her dad proud, (laughs) which is so cute, by going up into the crawl space so that she can take a nap. We again see that Tina is very boy obsessed because she realizes that she's right above the boys locker room and she has to watch and see what's going on. And then one of my favorite lines is, your abs look like challah bread. <laughs> Which is ama- amazing and paints a picture. And how supportive of his friend. Like, how cute, right? I know. No, <laughs> I it immediately, it. like, what a great compliment. Because, like, I immediately knew what they were saying. Like, I pictured totally. it. You could picture it. It's <laughs> That's, like, amazing. And so she's up there and... Then we go back to Bob whispering about mercury poisoning from the tuna fish to the customers. And he's just fully still talking to Coochie. And Linda decides, okay, it's been enough. You have to come out of the wall. So Gloria says she's going to call the fire department. And then we cut back to Tina, who has fallen through the ceiling into the boys' locker room. <laughs> and I love how she's like, drop the towel. And they're like, they're like there it is again. <laughs> and then she just comes crashing through the ceiling. And Louise and Jean are also there. And Mr. Franz says that because all three siblings have gotten in trouble in the past few, in the past two days, that's a red flag. And he actually takes out a red flag and puts it on the table. I love amazing. that part so much. Right? So funny. He, like you see him just like opening his desk drawer and like just taking it out. So Mr. Franz says, we have to get to the bottom of this. We have to um, have a home visit because you are kids in crisis. <laughs> And then we see Louise again messing with him. She says, yeah, we need your grief puppets and your crisis crayons um, so they could do all their drawings and work out their feelings. And then we are back at the restaurant where the fire department is there. And they say they can chop a hole, but, you know, that's all they could really do. And, you know, they probably need to put some food out because uh, we've seen this before. And, you know, that's usually what needs to happen. We need to have some food out (laughs) to lure him out. Like a raccoon, you know, <laughs> or something. <laughs> Some sort of a rodent. Um, yeah, can't, it's, uh, you know, he won't come out of his own volition. He's He's yeah. been in there too long. He, he, gotta, he needs some food as a uh, encouragement. Put some food out. 
And during this time, Mr. Fran does try to call Linda and let her know that he is on his way, but she can't hear because of all the chaos in the restaurant. And then Mr. Frond and the kids arrive just in time to see the fire department begin to chop the wall. And Louise explains it's because her dad's body is still on the wall and people probably have been complaining about the smell. <laughs> so that's why they need to get him out. So she's still going with that narrative that he is has died. <laughs> yeah, that he's died and his body is stuck in the wall in the restaurant. Stuck in the wall. So then Linda talks to Bob and says, you know, listen, your behavior has gotten the counselor called on us. Now he's here. Can you grow up and come out of the wall? And then Mr. Frond realizes that Bob is not dead and is still alive. And this is one of my favorite lines too, when he says, why, why would um, Louise say to me that she was, that he was dead? And then Linda goes, oh, she just likes to mess with people. She thinks are stupid. <laughs> just amazing. Yeah. And she like, she tries to catch herself, but like she doesn't, she doesn't do it soon enough because no. you know she's saying stupid because she's like, yeah oh, like the best people she thinks are stupid who wants a burger right <laughs> and then another one of my favorite lines is when linda's explaining that the counselor is here he goes counselor what is this camp and then he like laughs to himself and he's like i'm funny in the wall <laughs> which i love so then linda offers mr frond a burger he says no because he doesn't eat meat which i don't know if they like keep that narrative up do they i don't know that they do because I feel like like in still in the first season in the spaghetti western episode like don't we see him eating spaghetti and meatballs I don't know I can't remember I don't remember if we actually see him doing that but either way like I don't think that it's ever mentioned again and like Mr. Fran came to the dinner party in the later had, seasons like, where there was had, a standing yeah. rib roast so I wonder which is what Jean calls his wiener <laughs> yeah unless they're just trying to like establish that he's kind of like a rigid like has you know like has a lot of rules for himself kind of a person yeah, or, or like the decided. antithesis of of bob maybe hmm. yeah yeah you know like something like that but anyway so at this time he doesn't eat meat anyway so then gloria says that she's gonna go into the wall to try and get him out um with some food and Mr. Frond is debating if social services should be called because there's just a lot of chaos going on in the house and he can't make sense of it and he can't handle it. So then he starts looking that up to see when they would need to get involved. And then Gloria, we hear Gloria <laughs> chasing Bob through the walls. And I love, Linda just explains to Mr. Frond, my mother's visiting us. Like, <laughs> yeah, like that's a perfect <laughs> that explanation. Um, but you, you didn't, mention it but the when when Gloria goes into the wall she has food but like it just looks like a plate of raw ground beef <laughs> like I don't know what she yeah see I missed that part I didn't see the food in her hand it, but... it's it's a plate and it it's just a pile of ground beef but like it's still colored pink so it looks like just raw ground beef huh. and like when she goes in there she's like I got some nice ground beef for you Bob <laughs> <laughs> and like he starts that was freaking a good out Gloria oh, thank you <laughs> Uh, but, like, he starts running away, and, and, but, like, I, I don't know, maybe I should post a picture of this, too, because, like, it, it straight up just looks like a plate of raw ground beef. <laughs> yeah. Well, unless she's just trying to do whatever she can to get him out, and she doesn't really, because we never see him eat it. No, and yeah. I don't actually even know where it ends up, because, like, she's not holding it when she captures him, so, like, do they just have a plate of ground beef stuck in their walls? Is that why they have yeah. a raccoon problem now? 
Exactly. These so are the we questions. got a leaky bucket somewhere <laughs> and some raw meat just chilling in that crawl space. But yes, she finally does get a hold of him and she does the even if you've never seen The Shining, everybody I feel like knows this moment. Like the here's Bobby and she comes bursting through the wall and then he tells her, Don't shake me, I might go to the bathroom <laughs> Which I get. I mean, he's been in the wall for how many days at this point? So yeah, he and uh, he when he was in the uh, bathroom in his hallucination, he definitely mentioned that he needed to poop. <laughs> yes. So he's uh, he's in a delicate state. So then he does go to the bathroom, and then once his head's a little clearer, he apologizes to everybody for going a little crazy and hiding in the wall, and for calling Linda Nagatha Christie. But he's only sorry because he now has better names, which include Spiro Nagnu. Naggedy Ann and Secretary of Nagriculture. <laughs> yeah, and that one's the one that Linda laughs at. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's they're all fantastic, but I think Secretary of Nagriculture is my favorite. <laughs> so then Fran starts to call social services, and then Gloria kind of reams him out and basically says that you know everyone's nuts, but having a family makes you go nuts, and if you don't have kids. You can't really relate to any of this anyway, so... And by the way, you probably didn't even have permission to take the kids from school, from their learning, or whatever. Gene says something like that. He took us from our learning. <laughs> and um, then Louise says that Mr. Fran didn't make them wear seatbelts in the car, so clearly he's not as innocent as he's pretending to be and shouldn't be as judgy as he's being in this right. moment. And, like, when they, when they arrive at the restaurant, like, you know, a few minutes prior... The kids aren't wearing seatbelts that I could see in the car. Oh, really? So, like, they might have been telling the truth. But, like, also, Louise is sitting in the front seat with Mr. Frond, which, like, is definitely unsafe. Because, like, I... So, I have a nephew who is 10, and he still has to use, like, one of the smaller booster seats in the car. So, he's the right height for the seatbelt. Oh, really? Even in the back seat? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's not, like, something he straps into. It's just, you know, those ones that you just kind of, like, throw on the seat and it just gives them like a little another couple inches of height uh, but it's like, so the like seat belt, a restaurant like one of those yeah it's, it's just so the seat belt rests on the correct place on his body so like if they got in a car accident it wouldn't like strangle him or something like that oh i see um so but like he's he's 10 so and louise is supposed to be like nine in the show yeah. so like there's no way that she should have been and even then like even if for some reason she did meet the height requirement which i don't think she does like you're not supposed to put kids that young in the front seat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So clearly Mr. Frond is not being um, the most safe that he could be with the precious cargo that is the Belcher children. Right. We didn't have those booster seats when I was a kid, I feel like. It was oh, like no, we didn't. seat and then once you were like six, you're like, all right. Yeah, <laughs> like, all right, have fun. sink or swim in the back seat. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely, you know, child, child safety has come a long way. Yes, <laughs> which we is a good thing. Yes. But Mr. Frond definitely was not following those protocols it seems so then bob thanks gloria and they are packing up to leave gloria now are heading out of town heading out of the <laughs> belcher house <laughs> and al is the one driving and he kind of swerves into the curb as they're pulling away <laughs> so as the belchers are saying goodbye to grandma and grandpa louise asks bob for coochie back and he says no <laughs> and they have like a little fight she's like crawling on him she's like you're a grown man <laughs> um, this is embarrassing <laughs> yes <laughs> this is embarrassing for me 
And then we have the end credits, which are the same as last week. I did notice that this episode and last week's episode, they start playing the theme song like in those last few moments. Oh, like as a as the episode. A, yeah, which like they, they're getting they played do. out. Yeah, which I think I don't know if they do it. I guess we'll see as we go through season one if they do it through all of season one. But I did notice that. But yeah, again, this end credits are the same as they were last week. Nothing uh, new or exciting there yet. And yeah, that's episode two. <laughs> A plus. Good job. Clap, 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 clap. <laughs> that was, it's a lot. There's a lot that gets crammed into this episode. Like it's, there's so much chaos that they, that yes. they managed to like shove into, into this. And I like love it. Like 20 minutes. Yeah. And yeah, like I know we, I keep saying it, but like all of the references and things, like they do a good job of seamlessly kind of including everything in a way that it doesn't, it is chaotic, but it doesn't feel too chaotic story-wise in terms of like following an arc. Yeah, they play it, they play it really well. It's not like confusing to follow at all, but there is a lot that goes on. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> so um, what were your favorite lines or moments from this episode okay so i love it when mr fron says that's a red flag right there and he pulls a red flag out of his desk drawer because like you know like he probably has just been waiting for the opportunity to do that <laughs> like i imagine he like bought that little flag and he was like oh man one of these days i am gonna be able to say that's a red flag and pull this little flag out yeah, he's it's like, like all about the visual presentation, I feel he like. He really you is. Know? So. <laughs> it is hilarious. And then, uh, of course, the running joke with the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe and um, Salman Rushdie writing it. I think that that's just... Like, how does how does Jean even know who Salman Rushdie is? <laughs> yeah, I feel like as the series goes on, we get to see, like, he's really kind of like a... He's, like, up on top of his, like, cultural references, you know? Like, he'll he'll, like know about actors and actresses or like bands that are super old or not super old but older than like a 10 or 11 year old kid would know you know yeah so he's I was I'm always impressed with his knowledge <laughs> he's he's a really he has a lot of pop culture knowledge in that little brain of his yeah totally <laughs> and then finally when the when Louise is doing the seance I just really love the questions that the kids ask Bob where he's like, oh, ask me anything, I'm a ghost. And they're like, are you the ghost from the movie Ghost? Are you the ghost from the movie Ghost Dad? <laughs> and that's, they're like, so not ridiculous. a movie, right? That's just, like, they're just, like, making it up, right? Ghost Dad's, like, not a thing. <laughs> is it? I don't know. I don't I think, I mean, I think they're just being. <laughs> no, there is a movie called Ghost Dad. Is there really? <laughs> yeah. It's directed by Sidney Poitier, and it stars Bill Cosby. Ew. What? Are you serious? That sounds yeah. like a fever dream. No, it's no, a, it says it Ghost Dad is a 1990 American fantasy comedy film directed by Sidney Poitier and starring Bill Cosby in which a widower's spirit is able to communicate with his children after his death. It was critically panned and a box office bomb. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it's, I didn't even think it was real. Yeah, no, so. it is. That is right, but, but that's that also so like... funny. How did those children know that Ghost Dad existed then? <laughs> or even was... Ghost. Because Ghost is old. Ghost is yes. like the 80s now. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. But yeah, so Ghost and Ghost Dad are, you know, it's uh, just it's just such silly questions. Today I learned something. <laughs> yes. No, I mean, it still doesn't take away from the fact that they're ridiculous. 
but now we know ghost status. Maybe you'll have to add that to your. I know we we're talking earlier about like your Halloween. <laughs> yeah, watch my, list. my good Maybe Halloween we watch add list. Ghost dad to the list. <laughs> yeah, that'll be right in mind with like the kind of vibe of everything else that I watch. Cause like I gotta, you know, I gotta watch my Twitches. I gotta watch my Halloween Town, Halloween Town 2, Calor's Revenge, Halloween Town 3. I gotta watch, you know, so I feel like Ghost Dad would fit in pretty well with this. But yeah. I also don't wanna support Bill Cosby. So. Yeah. Maybe I'll, I'll support Sidney Poitier. That's yeah, fine. I'll support him. <laughs> that's true. He, he did direct it. So yeah, so I'll watch it, but I'll be kind of upset about it. <laughs> yeah, sounds like a, a plan. <laughs> so my favorite moments were, um, I know we talked about it before, but Bob can't fit in the wall. He's overweight. <laughs> so good. Meanwhile, like, so is she good. like not to be rude, but like, yeah, no, so is she's, she. <laughs> she's like throwing shade on Bob. Um, when she shouldn't be. Um, and just your abs look like hollow bread is just amazing. Amazing. Like, may we all get a compliment like that someday. <laughs> yeah, may we all have abs that look like hollow bread. <laughs> right? My I mean, abs currently look season. like, um, mine's more like a sourdough loaf, I think is where I'm at. <laughs> I love sourdough, so. Oh, I'll me too. It. It's my favorite bread. It's not a bad thing. I'm just saying if we're comparing abs to bread, mine is definitely a, a loaf. <laughs> so if you had to rate this episode out of our 10 burger rating system, what would you give it? Man, you know, this one, this one's also, I feel like I'm going to, like, we've only done this twice, but like I'm giving this one another pretty high rating. I feel like this one is like also like eight, eight and a half because it's just so funny to me. It's just so funny. Like every time I watch it, it's just enjoyable i just enjoy myself it's chaotic it's ridiculous we learn more about the characters mm -hmm. it's just it's you know it's great not a 10 out of 10 but i think that's mostly because i think glory is really annoying <laughs> yeah but it's 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 pretty highly rated in my opinion it's great yeah i would say probably i give it probably an eight too because i love gloria like because she's so annoying i think it's hilarious and like i said she kind of reminds me sort of vaguely of like my own parents or we all know pe like people's parents who are like that or have those qualities so I think they do such a good job of kind of like being relatable in that way and kind of hitting the nail on the head and I love even though I'm not a horror fan by any means myself I think they did do such a good job of kind of having those parallels there with The Shining and yeah so I say another another solid solid episode for our second episode for the show so I again did not have the burger of the day but I will say this morning because they were talking about feta cheese I did make my eggs with some spinach and some feta because I was like inspired so I had feta but not in a burger <laughs> that's fair I so I pulled out my cookbook for it and I don't think that the never been feta like it's not in the Bob's Burgers cookbook oh, so really? I didn't see it anyway like I have it with me right now because I... well it what doesn't make sense to me about that book is it's not in episode order like you would think it would be chronological but it's i don't think it is it's kind of like a like a random oh okay it is random i do see it now i was looking towards the beginning but you're right it is in here on page 82 either way i did not make it because i am not a huge fan of feta cheese really yeah it's like very salty. I don't know. It is. 
<laughs> it is. No, so, it, it is. And, like, I'll eat it, like, when it's, like, crumbled in salads and stuff. But I was like, hmm, like a cheeseburger where the main cheese is feta seems like it might be really, really difficult for me. So I ate, like, a regular cheeseburger. <laughs> Nice. Um, but I also, for lunch this week, had a tuna fish sandwich, so we can say I had the tsunami as well. There we go. Actually, so did I. That's so funny that you say that, because so did I. But not on hamburger bun. On, like, no, no, no. It was on regular bread. bread. But, you know, I'm just saying, like, the innards of that is definitely um, probably the same. I'm sure that an, if they had a recipe. Protein. Yeah. I'm sure for the, if they had a, a recipe for the tsunami burger, it would probably be, like, more fancy. It would be, like, a seared ahi tuna something something. But, yeah, like that would make more sense to me. Yeah, mine, a, mine especially just with can't the bun, fish. But I don't know. I can't. I can't accept it. I won't accept it. It's a good thing she doesn't visit more often because Gloria should not be in charge of cooking at that restaurant. <laughs> yeah, no, she would. She would do a, a. It would be even worse, I think. Then yeah, um, if that was her choice out of the gate, then I say, stay out of the kitchen, lady. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, anyway, so we I had a tuna fish sandwich. I had some feta this morning, so I'm counting you know, with that our, as a, with our powers combined, <laughs> we got there. <laughs> but I mean, I did like I said, I ate like a regular cheeseburger because I still had some some meat <laughs> nice. to cook. So it was it was a never been feta sans feta. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I say it counts. Yes, yeah. Let's go with yes. But okay, that that was. Uh, episode two of season one of Bob's Burgers Crawl Space. Um, I had a great time <laughs> diving back into it. Yeah, this was a good one. Yes. We learned, we learned so many things today, I feel like. We <laughs> yes, had, we, we did. Had our, now it was my cat's cameo this week. <laughs> yeah, and went into her own little crawl space, so, you know, it works yeah. out. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, we release new episodes every Wednesday. You know, so be on the lookout next week for another episode where we will be talking about season one, episode three, the Sacred Cow episode, which is a classic. Um, if you'd like to follow us on social media, we do have an Instagram. It's at Bob's Cast Pod. Um, and then we also have a Gmail if anyone wanted to, like, email us, I don't know, suggestions about things to do or questions or anything. It's also just Bob's Cast Pod at gmail.com. Are you still there? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wanted to, like, I was trying to think of, like, a catchy, like, stay sizzling or something. <laughs> stay fresh, meat bags. Let's go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Stay fresh, meat bags. Okay. That's, I'm referencing something and I don't even know what it is. <laughs> I, don't, I don't either. <laughs> I like it.